Welcome everybody to the October edition of the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 40th episode. So today, myself, John, and I've got Andy with me. Hello. Very good. As always, we're streaming it live on Facebook. So if you want to watch, see what we look like, please go to our Facebook page. Just search for GPS Training on Facebook and don't forget to like our page when you're there. So without further ado, let's get on with today's podcast. It's our 14th podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to look and discuss the following. We have an interview with Tom from Garmin Sales as we get our hands on the brand new Garmin GPS Map 66S. We discuss topo pro mapping, to route or not to route. We look at other interesting activities people are using their GPS units for. As always, we've got Andy's top tips, both Garmin and SatMap. And then finally, we announce the winner of last month's podcast. So, first thing is the Garmin GPS Map 66S at last. So, last week, Tom from Garmin came and spent 24 hours with us and he brought along the new Garmin GPS Map 66S. So here's our chat with Tom. The next thing on the GPS training podcast this month is we've got a special guest, Tom again from Garmin Sales. So Tom kindly has brought along the new GPS map 66S. Um, If people are watching us live on Facebook, you'll see that Andy is holding it up uh, to the camera, the brand new GPS uh, unit that is being launched from Garmin on the 15th of October. Hopefully. Hopefully. There you are. So we're not going to review the unit, um, because we reviewed it in the last podcast, so we've uh, we've, we've reviewed the podcast uh, in the last podcast. We went Andy went over the key new features that he's found in that unit. So I know he's had the unit now, Andy, for twelve hours. You found a couple of or oh, some more things. So I don't know. You can quickly go over those key things, Andy, and then we'll kind of bring Tom in to to discuss. Yeah. What so in the last podcast, we already went through lots of new things that we found. We're mainly comparing it with the old sixty two and sixty four S. Last night when I was using it, it was dark, it was after work. I noticed that they've got backlit buttons on it. So when you're outside, as soon as you touch any of the buttons to do anything, of course the screen backlight comes on and there's a little light shines behind the buttons. Fantastic. So I didn't know it was going to have the backlit buttons. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, in the menus, I noticed it had something called round trip routing, which is more for the cycling side of things. But if you're a cyclist, we are doing a lot of road cycling. You can get it to automatically pick you a series of routes based on distance you put in. So yeah. I thought that was quite nice. We see that on the Oregon 700 series, but we'd never seen that on the older push button 64. Yes. Um, so that was something new that I noticed. Um, the other thing I quite liked was I had a feeling this was going to be on the unit, but for the track recording, the same as we set up the E-Trex touches in the Oregon 700s, you can have it so you can be very uh, precise with you, starting the recording, stopping it, pausing it, rather than it constantly recording like the older unit. So it's something I thought was going to be there, but it was nice to have a play about with it last night. Brilliant. And I think the key thing for me is it looks like a new unit, Tom. Yeah. Thankfully. So actually, I know when we've got the 62, again, Andy, if you, for Facebook, people can hold the 62. 62 was... 64 looks the, the same as well, looks yeah. exactly the same. It's actually in the same case, I think, was it? Or yes, exactly the same casing, yeah. But the 60, uh, 66 just looks new tom doesn't it it does yeah so uh slightly bigger screen i'm sure you've uh, you've been through this already a uh, better resolution on the screen uh slightly new button 
layout as well um, on there the power buttons moved as well so and the first thing i noticed as well when i press the buttons is the buttons feel different that sounds really odd yeah but they just feel crisp and fresh yeah they've got a kind of a soft response to them haven't they you don't have to uh, push them as heavily to yeah. make them uh, to get a response from the unit so it's easier to use yeah. Um, quicker to use as well. Fantastic. Some of the other key things that with Tom, again, we'll go over what we've done in the past. That's not a problem. Other key things that you found out because I know you've just had the unit for in your in your possession for yeah a week or so. Haven't yeah, you, so? absolutely. So um, you've obviously got the InReach Mini compatibility. So it's now the first um, handheld to have that compatibility. InReach Mini. Andy, just a quick explanation what the InReach Mini is for those people that don't know. Emergency communicator, two-way communicator. So if you're out in the hills and you've got no mobile signal, you can summons help using an SOS button or let friends and family track where you are and send quick set messages or standard messages to friends and family using satellites rather than mobile. Fantastic. Phone. So this is, Tom, the first handheld GPS unit that will pair with the InReach Mini. Yeah, so it, it pairs up with the InReach Mini. You can send your messages from your, your 66 you can read your messages, you can activate an SOS, so the InReach Mini can be tucked away in the top of your rucksack. Fantastic. Um, so you don't have to have everything attached to the outside of your uh, your rucksack as you, uh, as you go around. Other key things, Tom? So you've gone through the, the new menu system, so it's kind of more Oregon-like, isn't it now? Mm -hmm. um, so you've got um, the profiles in there, you've got a lot of the track log features that we've got. Geocaching Live has come over from the um, yeah. Yeah, Oregon's Oregon, now. Yes. Um, you can download bird's eye imagery direct using the Wi-Fi. Yeah, had a onto the device. We had to go over that already. Um, all directly onto the device. So uh, trying to make it as streamlined as possible to okay. do lots of different things on the device. Brilliant. Some of the key questions I've had because since we've uh, people who listen to the podcast, we've started this VIP club up where people who are into the sixty six S have been joining. And we're going to give these people updates before we give everybody else updates. Within those VIP members, many of them actually already pre-ordered GPS, which is fantastic. So good on those people doing. There's been a number of questions that I've had kind of come come to myself and Andy. So I thought we good opportunity to go through some of those questions. Yeah. Quick question, which Andy just briefly touches round routing. So round routing is, could we explain what that is, Andy? And then that's again, it's for the cycling. It's got a Tom's mentioned has got these new profiles, the same as the Oregon Seven Hundred and the Touch. So there's a profile called To Our Cycling, where it's set to route you on the road. So this is for road cycling. Go somewhere you haven't been before. Turn the unit on. You haven't pre-planned a route in the unit. You can use the find buttons here. Find a round route. Put in the distance you want to go, and the unit will calculate two or three routes for you based on the distance you put. Circular routes, obviously. Round trip routing bring you back to the start. You just touch go. Press the button to say go, and it'll take you on a round trip. You can actually view information about the route, the elevation profile before you decide. So it's a nice way. You go somewhere you've not been before just to get it to calculate some routes but that's for road cycling it's not for the hiking side of things okay. it's for the road cycling okay other quick question i've had thrown to ourselves as well that's directed to tom is people have already existing got map cards whether topo pro map cards or whether once fifty thousand map cards will they just fit straight into a new unit yeah absolutely they'll work exactly the same as they did with the old unit they just go in the um, sd card slot which is still behind the batteries that's fantastic the and they'll read those there are three mapping options on release date. Yep. So three mapping options are on ones unique to GPS training Yay. for the first month. So yeah, good on good on Garmin for doing this for Thank you very much. It's appreciated. Um three mapping op three mapping options, Tom, are So you've got a one to twenty-five Topo Pro GB bundle, so that's all the one to twenty-five thousand maps. You've got the Topo Pro one to fifty thousand uh, GB bundle. And then you've got the brand new Bird's Eye Premium bundle, which is the one that you guys have got exclusively, which gives you 25,000 square kilometres of 1 to 25 mapping yeah, that fun. you can choose um, over the over the UK, over Great Britain. Mm -hmm. So um, that's equivalent. Well, 
A normal bird's eye vouch, Andy, is 3,000 square, square kilometres, which you say is about the size of Lake District National Park, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just so as a 25,000 is eight times bigger. Yeah, you can you can do all the national parks if you wanted to okay. in um, in Great Britain, um, or I think it equates to something like 64 OS maps, Brilliant. OS map sheets. Fantastic. The other key thing, which I know we mentioned, we didn't really know much about, but I think we've learnt over the last few hours, is expedition mode. So it's got an expedition mode in the 66S, which we didn't know what it is. I know you had a little bit of, when I when we met yesterday, you kind of said, well, I've worked out what this yeah. is. What's the expedition mode? So it's kind of um, like a further advancement of battery saving mode. So um, when you ask the device to go into um, expedition mode, the device powers off the screen totally, um, and it reduces the track log points down to one minute. Okay. Um, and that means that it can stretch up to a week's worth of battery life. Right. In, in an effective standby mode by just tracking. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to wake the device, you can do, you just press a button, press the power button, it wakes the device up. Um, in the meantime, if you want to make sure the device is still working, there's now uh, on the top a little red LED that okay. flashes just to let you know that it's still mm -hmm. live and Turned recording. On. Yeah, yeah and still tracking yeah. for you. And what kind of time scale can we set this unit to to come into expedition mode? Is it like not equivalent of backlight, you know, 15 seconds, 30 seconds? So Are we talking you, a half an hour, an hour, so two hours? There's two options. You can ask it to automatically do it, and it does it after two minutes of inactivity on okay. the device. Or you, the, you can ask the device to prompt you. So after two minutes, it'll say, do you want me to go into expedition mode? Okay. And you have to press yes or no. Mm -hmm. um, so there's those two options currently in there. So I suppose, Andy, it'd be something that you would use when you were on an expedition. If you're out for a day's walking, you'd switch that off, really, because you want that track. Yeah, if you want a very precise track and you're just doing a day's walk and you're going to be fine. But I think people going out for days and days where they're worrying about places to charge up batteries. Let's face it, every minute recording a track point, we know it's not as precise as that every few seconds, but to actually use it for things like an emergency track back to get back to the start, you ain't going to have a problem if every minute it's dropping a little marker down and it's really going to extend that battery life. Yeah. So I think for people who are using it more for the, it's that navigation and the safety and finding your way back why wouldn't you use that? I know some customers do like a very precise track recording where, yes, they may not use it, but no, I think it's a great added uh, bonus having that option to say, I don't want to record every second. Mm -hmm. I must really regret the next subject now, battery life. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed when Tom brought this uh, to us yesterday, he's got a gold rechargeable battery pack in the, in the back, which we don't really like, Tom. Okay. <laughs> they're not the greatest, are they? They're, they're all right, but they're not the greatest. But again, when Andy's come back in uh, today, he, he's you've had this out in the night time. You've been wandering around with it. A few hours last night, yeah. Hours. Indoors, worst place for a GPS really to work. I just trying to lock on the satellites all the time, yeah. And it's performed... Yeah, the battery seemed pretty good. So I'm a, I don't know till we do some thorough testing on it, but I have a feeling, I suppose, as products get newer, they'll have the... The, the clever electronics potentially drawing less batteries all I can assume because normally if I had the Garmin batteries are 2000 milliamp hours and actually with any sort of batteries if you're sitting constantly playing with it in the house bringing the screen on as you're learning how to use it you will draw more battery than when you're actually using it out in the field um, and it's got a strong satellite signal and I've still got a pretty pretty large amount of battery concert you must have had it on for yeah, a fair I had bit it as well fair few hours the, the day before so, so be interesting when we go out and test it for that day's walk and see how it actually performs out in the field which is yeah. what people really want to know about i think it's going to be better from mm -hmm. what, what i've seen so far brilliant and the other key thing from just listening to your conversations is is the way that the the, the track or the data is stored so 
it's not just load, saving it as a GPX file, Andy is saving it as a GPS and fit file, is it? Uh, the, the way the new units are working, they have this thing called recorded activity or your activity, yeah. and it's what we call a dot .fit file. Those of you who use the Garmin cycle units and watches will be familiar with. It's the format we use on the Garmin Connect app. So it's gearing up really for this device um, pairing with the Garmin Connect app and there's a new, um, dare I say, there's a new, can I mention the new yeah, app? Yeah, Christian. There's a new app coming out as well that will be launched as well that we, we don't know any more about it really Explore yet. Explore Mobile. Called Explore, it's Explore, Explore Mobile. Explore Mobile, yeah. Yeah, and that's going to allow some route planning using mobile devices to send to the unit. So it's this recording the file as a, yes, a GPX file that we're all familiar with for sharing others and using in Garmin's Basecamp software. It's also got this fit file that you'll be able to take out and use in the mobile apps. And it also, you described it as, as, as storing the data as a raw file, equivalent of a raw file in a camera as well. Can you explain a little bit, I, I forgot what the terminology was. Yeah, so um, this is the first Garmin handheld that has the ability to um, store the raw GPS data, so they call it Rinex data. Yeah. Um, and that is basically the raw GPS data that the device has received from each individual satellite. And then what you can do is, is you're getting slightly more complicated now, but you can post-process that information. Um, so you can go to a piece of uh, computer software, post-process it, and actually reduce the accuracy of the information that you've got increase by... Increase the accuracy. Uh, increase the accuracy, sorry, <laughs> of the information um, that you've got. Um, so um, through testing so far, they've actually managed through post-processing to get it down to 30 centimetres accuracy. Right. Um, so really as a walker, we would be doing that, but it's more if somebody was on site and they professional want to use, Professional yeah, use, yeah, absolutely, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, GPS um, accuracy monitoring, there's quite a lot of that that goes on where people uh, run testing on the GPS system. So just future-proofing it, isn't it? Future-proofing it, yeah, it's another feature that's um, built into there in the background. And I know we discussed this last time, but... Tom, it's the first GPS unit, handheld GPS unit from Garmin uh, to use the Galileo. It is, yes. So that should improve it. Are we are we there with the accuracy with Galileo now? Is this going to get better in time? I think time you or? were playing around with this this morning as well, weren't you? Yeah. And there's very little difference between GLONASS and Galileo at the, moment. With, at the moment with GPS. Um, let's watch that space in the future. It has that capability. Yeah, it got right? a very strong satellite signal. I mean, last night when I was playing up with it, turning it on, it was extremely quick. But it didn't matter if I had it on the Galileo and GPS or the Glonus and GPS they were both just as quick but it, I think things are going to move forward with the Galileo yeah. they've still got a few more satellites to put up there yeah, yeah. so again it's just future proofing it and the larger screen so it's now 3 inch screen run 2.6 before yep. 200 by 400 pixels isn't it so and again we're indoors here now and it looks it looks very very good I know you've been outside with it and oh. first thing this morning I had the sunlight shining really brightly on it and it was spot on for, for viewing in the sunlight yeah as just, we'd expect from a, an outdoor device yeah looks, looks I keep saying this it looks the business no, it looks it looks fresh it looks clean it looks new and and yeah I, I like the, the feel of it in your hand it does look the business we have retained that heritage that Garmin have you know we've actually upped the standard that we test the device to now yeah. so it's a mil 810 rather than IP rating Right, so okay. it has to go through 24 stringent tests yes. uh, before we can yeah. put that standard on it. We've really upgraded the upgraded the ruggedness of the yes. device at the same time as making it sleek, modern, yeah. adding in all these new features yeah. as well. Well, I know from us, our, our, our feedback, no, I said we're, we're pre-signed. We're not even going on our website. We are going to put it on our website this afternoon or tomorrow. We've got a load of back orders. We've got back orders already. People that are wanting to upgrade from 6264 and come into this because yeah. it's, it's yeah, even our trader Ian in the south of England is on the phone yesterday at 8 o'clock in the morning. I need my 66. I need it. I need it. <laughs> so uh, we reserved one for him. So uh, see, see what people have seen, even before they've physically seen the product, they're really liking what they're doing. Um, 
So we link our mobile phone as well, so we get live with a raised live geocaching, yep. and that's is that the way we do the satellite imagery downloads as well. Uh, you can do it either via Bluetooth or via Wi-Fi. Okay. So you, the device can connect directly to your Wi-Fi. home Wi-Fi network or a Wi-Fi network in a coffee shop or a pub or a wherever. Fantastic. Wherever you might be. Brilliant. And then we've got the LED flashlight SOS speaker. I know you said it was very, very, very bright. bright. I used it last night. I sent it away. Hopefully no helicopters were landing <laughs> in the street last night. I held it up and had the SOS speaker on the back. So, yeah. Very, very good. Anything else you guys want to add? Is there anything else we need to we need to know? It's interesting someone asked you about map compatibility. Someone did ask me the other day and we've not mentioned it. The back of the unit has the same spine as you see on the back of all the current Garmin units. So it means any existing accessories that you've got. So like, so we really like this backpack tether. If you're looking on Facebook, you can see the backpack tether. So all the existing accessories that you've got with the current range of Garmin GPSs will work with it as well. Good. Because that's the nice thing, because actually it's, it's backward compatible with those accessories and also it's a map card. I know that's what, a lot of yeah. questions I've had from people before, because the map cards are relatively expensive and they can keep their own map cards. Anything else, Andy or Tom? Not looking forward to starting using it. Brilliant. So then, um, by the time the podcast is out, um, they'll be on our website. This, so if you go to gpstrain.co.uk and click on GPS store, you'll see Garmin GPS units, uh, all Garmin GPS units, all Garmin GPS units, one to fifty thousand or one to twenty-five thousand. You'll see the products listed there. And we're pre-selling this. Uh, we're already pre-selling. But it's going to go on our website um, uh, at the start of um, October, um, ready for sales. I just mentioned earlier on, um, please feel free to join the VIP club and as we approach the launch of the uh, 66S, if you want to join our VIP club, just go to gpstrain.co.uk, uh, click on news and you'll see a, a article all about the, um, it says click on this launch of the new GPS map 66S. Uh, if you click on that article, you'll see a link at the top there of how to join the VIP club. And what we're doing with the VIP club, those guys, these are the guys who already pre-ordered, so these people have been buying already. So we're giving um, people who've owned a trade-up from 6264 or any Garmin GPS unit, we're, we're honouring the price really to the end of October once we give that price uh, whenever it is. And we're also, their game previews of any videos we're doing, they're going to get um, live unboxing on, on, on the launch date. Um, and as well, we're going to see how good Garmin are at delivering uh, the quantity that, that we want. So they are literally ordering, and we've literally got a box like one going up uh, right up to. So the first one who orders will get the first GPS unit and dispatch on the day that it comes yep. uh, to ourselves. Brilliant, guys. Thank you very much for joining us um, for this quick uh, extra bit on the uh, podcast. And uh, yeah, we're all looking forward to the 15th of October for the launch of the uh, the new GPS unit from Garmin. Thanks for Guys, cheers. Thank you. The next thing on the GPS Train podcast this month is Topo Pro mapping to route or not to route. I know we've mentioned this in past podcasts, but we still get a number of questions over the telephone in regards to Topo Pro mapping from Garmin. It's a little confusing, I think, because the word topo, Andy, is confusing people about what what, what what exactly it is. So, Andy, what is the topo mapping from, or the topo pro mapping, and how people are using this mapping? So, GPS training, we stock the Garmin range of GPS devices with Ordnance Survey mapping. 1 to 50 scale, which you'll all be familiar with, is your Pink Land Ranger maps or 1 to 25, which is your Explorer maps. 
we all know that terminology ordnance survey one to 25 land ranger what sorry one to 50 land ranger, land ranger. even i'm one to 50 land ranger and ordnance survey explorer one to 25 mm-hmm. but garmin like to give us different part names that do confuse customers so i'll start with the one to 51 first so the the current map product from garmin the latest Ordnance Survey 1 to 50 map that came out just a few months ago, it's dated 2018, is called Topo Great Britain Pro 1 to 50K. Okay. It doesn't say on the front cover of the box Ordnance Survey. Uh-huh. It does when you turn the packet over. Those of you on Facebook, I'm holding the packet up now. Actually, on the back of the packet, there is some text that oh, says right, Ordnance okay. Survey. Uh-huh. Basically, Topo is just a loose term that means topographical map that has land-based, man-made features, contour lines, etc., when you're looking on our website, we use the heading units with ordnance survey mapping. We're selling them in Great Britain, so Great Britain ordnance survey mapping. And when you see the wording Topo Great Britain Pro 1 to 50K, it is the 1 to 50 Land Ranger maps. Brilliant. We also can get that in 1 to 25K. So as we well. also have on our website a section that says units with ordnance survey 1 to 25 mapping. And again, that's called Topo Great Britain Pro 1 to 25. It doesn't say on the front cover Ordnance Survey, but it is a scan of all the Ordnance Survey maps for Great So Britain. really, I think the thought is we need to just get our heads around that Topo is just a loose name for, for mapping. Because again, we've got Topo Light, Topo Active mapping from Garmin as well. But again, we're not going to think it... We always think in the past T was topographical. T, T was a different type of mapping, but I suppose we think of Topo as a map. I think where the confusion is, so again, going back to our website, where we have the heading with Ordnance Survey maps, they actually say 1-50k, 1-25k. And we have in our own descriptions that it's Ordnance Survey. Garmin also do a product called Topo Active Europe, and that's a mapping that we put on the Etrex Touch units. We can do the Oregon 750 with it, and uh, 750T and the new GPS map. 66 st that topo active europe mapping is mapping that covers all of europe and it's more like a lighter sort of a cyclist style map or a more basic sort of recreational walkers map not an ordnance survey map that's brilliant so topo pro mapping or topo great britain pro either 125 150k and that's the ordnance survey mapping from garmin now what's different between the topo pro mapping and the discoverer mapping that it previously had. So just to confuse you, Garmin's Ordnance Survey mapping, prior to these ones that have PRO Pro in the mm-hmm. reference, were called Discoverer. They, again, were Ordnance Survey maps. We still have some of them left on our website. But when you see the wording Pro 1 to 50 or Pro 1 to 25, that means that map card now has what we call routable trail data or routable footpath data in the national parks in Great Britain. So that's all of the 14 national parks. If you were walking in those national parks, you can get the unit to snap onto footpaths, a bit like a car sat nav would snap onto roads in A to B. Only when you're in the national mm-hmm. parks. Um, there has been confusion with some customers saying, well, if I'm not in a national park, does it not have ordnance survey mapping? It's ordnance survey mapping for the whole of Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Actually covers Island Man now with this new Topo Pro. But it just means if you're in a national park, you can get your GPS device to automatically route onto footpaths for walking. Mm-hmm. And the majority of units that we're selling now are bundled with this. Most people are buying this new Topo Pro. Well, the new Topo has been with us a few months now. Yeah. The Topo Pro 150K 150. or 125K, yeah. aren't they? 
Okay, that's brilliant. So that's hopefully clarified that. So we do currently sell the majority of the units uh, with the older mapping as well. So again, it's £30 cheaper. So if people are wanting a unit without the new Topo Great Brim Pro, we do have some of the older map cards, uh, which are £30 cheaper. But as Andy explains there, that doesn't have this turn-by-turn off-road data or footpath data in, the, uh, national in the National Park. So if you want to find out more about the GPS units that we're selling, please just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, click on GPS Store, then choose a category that you want to the left hand side either one to fifty thousand or one to twenty five thousand Okay, the next thing in the GPS Train podcast this month is some common activities and less common activities that people are using their GPS units for. This is a conversation that piped up in the office yesterday. We can say, what are we going to do on the podcast this month? And uh, Lynn, who you must have spoke to if you, if you do, rings up and said, well, actually, let's talk about some of the, or why don't you talk about some of the more unusual things people are using their GPS units for? Yeah, the majority of units that we sell are being used for walking and cycling. But again, Andy, what are some of the various things that people have used for? So first thing I put is horse riding, is this? We, you get a number of people have bought them for horse riding. How are they using on that horse riding? Yeah, I've had a few customers who have actually been going abroad on holiday. I had a lady who was going to Canada and she was going to be trekking on horseback the full width of Canada. And she wanted when she was on the horse, just like we would if we're on a bike or walking, to be able to navigate through the bridle tracks and byways on a horse so really it's using in exactly the same way for would be walking she just wanted a lightweight compact unit that she could carry when she was on the horse how was she carrying that then on the horse because she had her hands on the race did she have a backpack tether or something she know. was um she had a little backpack with her so she was using the backpack tether uh-huh. but i suppose some of the smaller lightweight units you do have the option of even just a lanyard around your neck right. you know um she was using she was carrying a little backpack for i mean not you know, I don't know if all horse riders carry a backpack, but that's the easiest way to carry it, to be honest. Brilliant. What are some of the other activities that you've come across then? Yeah, so we always, when customers ring up and say, I'm looking for a GPS device, we always say what, what you're using for. And as John said, the common thing, hike, uh, walking, hiking, cycling. Um, sea kayakers. Right. Amazing, I get a lot of sea kayakers, which what they want to do is, sometimes they want to navigate on land to get to the bit of shore that they're going to push the, the kayak out from. Uh-huh. But then the important thing is you forget about this. So they go out on the sea kayak and they get the drift out into the sea. What they want to be able to do is get back to the shore where they've left their equipment. Mm-hmm. So they use the track back function on the GPS okay. devices. So I've had actually quite a good number of people who are using it for sea kayaking. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and again, the waterproof, I suppose salt water, will you wash them off when you get back? Would you get the salt water? Yeah, I mean, off? the units, I mean, obviously they're not submersible. Um, they're not waterproof as in, you know, put on, you know to be used underwater. Mm-hmm. But they they've got a high ip67 rate and so there's no problem getting splashed what i tend to find is the sea kayak as would have went for the push button unit because wet screens sometimes you don't get quite the same uh-huh. um quick response i know it's easy to wipe the screen and use it but what i find is the sea kayak as tend to go for would have been the map 64s push button unit and of course now probably the 66s and again i know a lot of sea kayakers what they'll do is they'll have these um waterproof like we do aqua packs they'll just yeah. have a larger aqua pack bag that they would put that sort of equipment in in case something did happen right you know. okay they went overboard yeah another activity is skiing isn't it yeah i've got a lot of customers um skiing and again it's this you know you, you think it's still navigation at the end of the day um the same as wood walking and hiking they might be going at a different pace again tend to be carrying it with a backpack tether they go for a small 
compact unit um again skiers often go for the push button unit like the map 64s or again hopefully the 66s because they're wearing their ski gloves and they want to press buttons and again there's there's so many maps available from garmin i find a lot of customers will use there's open source maps with ski resorts garmin actually sell a map which i think it's top me head it's about 20 pound to download called the winter activity map right. which has all the ski runs on Fantastic. so again skiers are using that sort of product brilliant another key people or people are using are the trail riders we've talked about this in past podcasts these are trail riders off-ride trail riders and i think in the last one of the podcasts we discussed the different mounts and things that those guys are using as well aren't yeah, we? so tra- trail riders tend to go for the the garmin montana the big large touchscreen because it's a large screen robust unit it works with the gloves on and the main reason as we've mentioned in other podcasts we've got the ram mount available for the bars on the bike and actually a connection that allows you to charge the unit while it's on your bike and i find the trail riders tend to go for the one to 50 mapping right because that's what they want to see is boats byways open to all traffic okay. and that's marked on the one to 50 map and they don't necessarily need the detail of the one to 25 and the other key thing is surveys you no know, wildlife surveys for work and that kind of thing so there must be interesting people that you've spoken to regards to that yeah i've got um it gets so we're talking about recreational activities here and again it's just giving you ideas of what you can use the gps device for i got a lot of customers who are buying it for work and they're using it for um i had a one the other week where a gentleman worked for a company where they left equipment in rural locations on you know could be in the middle of the field in the middle of a field quite small equipment and um, i didn't get in, in any further into what the equipment was for but at the end of the day he's leaving this equipment and what he wanted to do is mark a grid reference of where the equipment was left so that when they come back a few months later to pick it up someone could locate that equipment Brilliant. Uh, what i had a company uh that had water meters in farmers fields so the mm-hmm. water meters out n- not on it premises and they'd forgotten where half these water meters were so they were using the gps device to survey the water meters mark where they are um in the gps again so when they come back to a computer they can look at that location mm-hmm. and record it mm-hmm. so used a lot of things there big thing geocaching so i know if you listen to podcasts for live we had pete mason on from the podcast show and you've heard us talk about going to mega and this kind of thing with a big geocaching event so massive um massive marketplace for them is is, is geocaches and the main units the geocaches are using andy are tends to be the oregon 700 series because it does the live geocaching so if you haven't plugged it into a computer and downloaded any geocaches you can use wi-fi or a hotspot on your phone mm-hmm. and download them and interestingly the new gps map 66s allows live geocaching as well so i can imagine that one's going to be very popular mm-hmm. the geocaches doing this what is basically a good fun electronic treasure hunt yeah brilliant so if you're interested in geocaching go back to episode four on our gps training podcast and you'll be hearing my interview with pete mason if you want to know a little bit more about geocaching and then finally mountaineering so this is something that we just started discussing yesterday about mountaineers getting a lot more people going on expeditions and things looking for gps units and not just a gps unit on their own andy uh, what we find, um, yeah, we're getting a lot of mountaineers get in touch with us. So they're not just your average walker and hiker uh, doing a day's walk. They're going out for days and days and up in high mountain climbs. And what they seem to be going for, they're wanting that very robust, tough unit because they're away for days and days. So again, they tend to be going for the Map 64S. I think it'll be the new Map 66S with that high military standard. I can see that's probably going to be a popular one with the mountaineers. Big buttons you can use with your gloves on. 
what we also find we're getting a lot of mountaineers are going for the Garmin InReach products yep. as well. So we do, you know, for Facebook users, I'm holding up the InReach Mini. So it's because they're going off the beaten track and off the the grid so there's no mobile connection for days and days they've got that emergency communicator so they can press an sos button in emergency or they can keep in touch with friends and family using the satellites the military satellite system rather than mobile mm-hmm. so i think we're gonna we're seeing more and more in reaches going to mountain years and interestingly we've got the new map 66s that's coming out with the push buttons that'll pair with the in reach so you can have the in reach on your rucksack and while you're navigating with a 66 up in the mountains if someone was to send you a message on the in reach you'll get that on the screen of the 66s it's gonna be a great combination that for the mountaineers isn't it no the new 66s and also the in reach mini can sort of be able to communicate and they've got navigation both in those two devices so I think that's going to be a big marketplace there. I think the Phoenix watches. Actually, yeah, just before yeah. we're, not, we're not talking about watches, watches an awful lot. I find the Mountaineers more and more asking for something on their wrists, so the hands are totally free, and they want to record just like some altitude, height. You can, you know, of course, with the Phoenix Five watches, we now do the Plus watches. You have got mapping capabilities on them as well. So I have been asked. It's interesting. I'm not saying walkers and hikers wouldn't use them, but Mountaineers wanting that yeah. sort of totally hands-free something on the wrist. And also with a new Five X Plus, that measures the oxygen levels in the in the bloodstream as well doesn't it so again a lot of the mountaineers will be going for that because that, that's what that's aimed at and that you can tether the inreach mini with that. i know i've got a five on my ridge and i, I can tether mine with that well that's, that's our inreach mm. mini so that's good if you're using your gps for anything else we should get our customers email us in um, are you going to do that oh, next? That's exactly if what I, I was going to do. Yeah, yeah I'll let you have stole that. Really God, you do that bit. I was just saying, if any of you listen to the uh, the uh, GPS Train podcast and you use your GPS units for something completely different that we've not mentioned there, just email us in office at gpstraining.co.uk and we'll mention those on next month's podcast. Let us know what unit you're using as well. Yeah, what unit you're using, how you're using it, if you're using it for anything different and then we can, we can maybe put it on our newsletter that we got every Friday and we'll mention this. Maybe it could be a regular theme every every. Uh, month in the podcast. Next thing is Andy's top tips. So Andy's top tips. I actually was just putting the running order together this morning uh, for the podcast. It's Friday morning when we record it. And actually... It was about 20 past eight and an email arrived into our inbox by a guy called Andrew Wallington. He kindly wrote to us with his top tip. So this was just came in this morning. So great timing, Andrew. I don't know if you uh, had arranged this or whether it was just uh, pure coincidences. Good morning. First of all, thank you for your podcast, site information and videos. We've only been walking and hiking for the past two years and being a mature years, I have a lot to learn. I learned a lot from Andy's top tips and would like to add my own. My route this week was about 25 miles in mid Wales, which I intended to do over two days, but having completed 13 miles and getting to the bus stop for the return an hour early, I decided to complete the whole walk that day. The weather was great and I felt capable of finishing even though I'd never walked this far in one go. Sunset was due at 18.30, which gave me time to finish in daylight, I thought. I had not taken fatigue into account. A bright, clear day started to cloud over, so reducing light. My sat-map was getting low on battery as the route required me to constantly check my position. I did not have a power backup and I intended as I, as I intended to finish mid-afternoon. 
and did not have a torch for the same reason. The last half mile was downhill through a thick wood, so there was there was little or no light in places, even though there was light outside. This was not good for trip hazards. I'm sure that any seasoned walker would have not made these mistakes, but it seems that there are more people walking now with, uh, who are lots of novices. So my top tips for myself are, never outstretch myself, fatigue sets in quickly. Number two, always carry, carry a power pack, a power backup source for navigating device, even on a short walk, just in case a battery failure. And thirdly, carry a torch all year round. Powerful torches do not have to be heavy. Maps are useless in the dark. Having said that, the sense of achievement of walking 25 miles in one go and at the same time completing the seven way was fantastic. Cheers, Andrew. So it's really quite a nice little story there. I think the key things that we take away is, especially um, battery, no spare batteries, um, if you've got a, a, a Garmin device, or a spare batteries, of course, for the sat-map. This, uh, yeah, this gentleman's sat got a sat-map active 20, and we actually sell an emergency battery pack that lets you slide out the LiPo battery and put three AA batteries in. So that's the sort of thing we would carry. We do actually have uh, emergency power banks as well that um, work with the, the Gold Zero ones that yeah. work with the sat-map yeah, active so 20. So really good story there Good so again it's just, yeah, the uh, the thing is their fatigue isn't it so moving on andy's top tips so andy can do your sat map top tip first please yep so um with the sat map units uh, it's that time of year when weather's turning and weather's not so nice and a lot of customers ask me about should they carry their unit outside is it weatherproof now if we look at the new active 20 unit that has an ip68 rating so it's got a really good weather rating so there's no reason to have it to not have it carried in your hand or various other methods to carry it. But a lot of customers say, what if I was to put it in my pocket? So the tip for the SatMap Active 20 is, if you were gonna put it in a pocket, but leave the unit turned on, or this time of year when we might have, you know, more likely to have rain or snow coming down, I suppose as we get nearer to winter, we recommend locking the screen, because if you don't lock the screen and you put a touchscreen unit in your pocket, you can have accidental touches and move things. So on the Active 20, it's so easy. You just press the on-off button once with the unit turned on, and there's a little padlock symbol appears next to the on-off button, and when you press the power button once more, that's the screen locked on whatever screen you locked it on. It still moves, the map still moves mm -hmm. with you, and to unlock it, you just press the on-off button again, and you get a message saying, do you want to unlock, and you press the button next to yes to unlock. Brilliant. So use the screen lock but part of me tip is i would still recommend i try and carry the unit outside all the time you've got a clear view of the sky mm -hmm. you don't need to really put it in your pocket just remember there is a good range of accessories for carrying it for the satmap active 20 we've got a for those you on facebook i'm holding up a quad lock belt clip mm -hmm. so we do the quad lock belt clip there's a simple lanyard that we keep that you can attach on the back and there is actually a carry case that the lanyard attaches to but again if i was putting it in the carry case I would lock the screen before I put it in the carry case. And if we are using the belt clip or other accessories, we need to get this back plate, don't we? Because there's a quad lock accessory. Yeah, so the quad, lock, um, the quad lock belt clip that we stock, you also buy it with a back plate that mm -hmm. goes on the back of your sat map back to 20 that you can use to lock it in place. Now, I know we, we talk a lot now because the Active 20 has been the new unit now since last summer, but those of you who are sitting there with an older Active 12, I know it's not a touchscreen unit, but you can still accidentally move the joystick with your Active 12. You've got exactly the same. You can press the on-off button and you get that little padlock symbol. So if you press the on-off button once more, it's locked. Brilliant. So that's some good top tips, a number of top tips there for SatMap Active 12 and 20 users. 
Garmin top tip, Andy? I'm going along the same theme. It might sound a bit boring, but to be honest, it's 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 a good time to show both of these um, tips together. The Oregon touchscreen units have exactly the same function of a screen lock. So for the same reason as the sat map, the time of year we are in now, um, the Garmin units, the touch current touchscreen units are IP67, so they can be used outdoors all day. You don't need to put them in a pocket, but if you were going to put them in a pocket, it's actually the same way to do it, just about as the sat map. If you've got an Oregon 700, 600 series, Montana, E-Trex touch, with the unit turned on, power button once, you see a little locked padlock symbol at the bottom of the screen when you press the power button once. You touch that padlock, that's the screen locked. To unlock it, you press the power button once more again, touch the padlock at the bottom to unlock it. So lock the screen if you're going to put it in a pocket or if there's rain, snow coming down that might you know bounce off mm-hmm. the screen. But I'm going to do exactly the same for the Garmin. What we recommend for the Garmin, rather than putting it in a mm-hmm. pocket so it's always got a good view of the sky, if you carry in a small backpack or a day sack, the backpack tether, which we've got attached for Facebook users I'm holding up, attached to the inReach device here, we've got a backpack tether that'll slide on the back of the Oregon and the E-Trex Touch series, and then you can attach it to your backpack. If you've got the bigger Montana, we have a carabiner clip, lanyard carabiner and we also have other accessories like retractable lanyards Mm -hmm. belt clips so lots of accessories that allow you to carry it without having to put it in your pocket but remember the screen lock if you do put it in the mm-hmm. pocket. But people are on Facebook, you see this is our in-reach mini, we talked about it, but it actually, it's, it, and it's not put this on, it's always got this backpack tether on. All our device that we loan out to our guides at Shepherd's Walks and GPS training, I actually leave a backpack tether on them and then I give it to my guide. First thing they do is put it onto the rucksack and know I'm going to get it back, they're not going to lose it. It's the most it. popular accessory we sell yeah. for the Oregon 700 series and the E-Trex Touch series yeah, so and certain the GPS map 6466. You can just hear it there, it's the Velcro, it just clicks on the Velcro and then strips off if you, if you and just listening to us so backpack to the week I say the, the inReach Mini that, that's our inReach Mini and it just keeps the backpack to the all I mean time. the reason for those tips is it's this time of year when I get so many calls saying my GPS screen's been mucked up it's a different language something's happened and you find out the customer was worried about the weather and they've put their unit in their pocket to keep it out of the rain and they've moved the screen so it's just giving you that peace of mind they are weatherproof they don't need to be put in the pocket but if you do lock the screen brilliant so thank you very much for your top tips and if anybody has any top tips they would like us to feature in next month's podcast Podcast, please just drop us an email it's office at gpstraining.co.uk Next thing is the GPS Training Podcast Competition. In last month's podcast, we had a competition for SatMap Active 20 users. Uh, the month before we had one for Garmin users and then last month we had one for SatMap users. So the question was, what does SatMap call their map card that includes the Ordnance Survey 1 to 10,000, 1 to 25,000 and 1 to 50,000 map sets on the same card? And the answer is Andy? It's the Platinum Bundle. The Platinum Bundle. So we actually drew this live on Facebook. We actually started recording the podcast and realised we hadn't done the draw. So Andy wrote scrums off and he's come back and we had a pulled one out. pulled one out. So the the winner of the pod uh, the yeah. competition We've got an active twenty case will be posting out to you is Penny Jarvis. So thank you, Penny. So thank you very much, Penny. We'll drop you an email in the next ten minutes and uh, we'll get that in the post to you. And finally, 
Many thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast. If there's anything you'd like us to feature in future episodes, please do get in touch. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. Please do take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS training courses. Please do tell a friend about the podcast and also about GPS training. And don't forget, you can watch us recording the podcast on our Facebook page, which is GPS Training UK, or on our YouTube channel, which is GPS Training. Also, please remember to RST our podcast with the rate our podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on and tell a friend about both GPS Training and the GPS Training podcast. Please help us spread the word. Many thanks, Andy, for joining me on this month's GPS Training podcast. And we look forward to welcoming you again at the same time next month. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.